We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Autumn Nessler, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Nancy Autumn Nessler, MS, is a certified retirement options coach specializing in assisting women to reinvent what's next, especially their post-career life. Her company, An Intentional Life, LLC, helps women live life on their own terms. In other words, live an intentional life. Autumn understands the power of a successful transition plan. Prior to retiring and starting her coaching practice, over the past 35 years, Autumn successfully transitioned from being an educator to career counselor to human resources professional and finally to sales professional in between with gigs as a solopreneur. Personal transitions included raising other people's children, divorce, and many moves. Having recently downsized, she resides in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania with her husband, Carlo, and is enjoying living her intentional life. Autumn holds an MS in Counseling and Human Relations from Villanova University, and a BS in elementary education slash special education from Westchester University. She also is a certified retirement options coach. Welcome, Autumn. I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, Sarah, I've been so looking forward to this conversation. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're very welcome. So just in getting started, Autumn, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't? So I love that question, by the way. So, and I'm hoping I can say this on your on your recorded line without getting you know bleeped out. But I'll tell you a little personal secret about myself. So every year on my birthday, just turned 66, I do what I call my naked birthday checkup. I.e., I stand there, look in the mirror, full birthday suit. And kind of assess the landscape, right? So, but I will tell you that my head and my heart 
are always surprised at what I'm seeing. And so that kind of reflects on kind of how I've always looked at this thing of age. You know, from the time I was very, I'm going to say in my 20s, uh, uh, people would always tell me when I would, would always talk about, oh, I'm 30 years old. So what? You know, I'm 25. And people would always say to me, wait until you hit X age. So for me, age has never stood as anything but the next year. I intend to live to 100 plus years of age. So to me, being 66, I got a whole lot of life ahead of me. I've seen age as a gift, honestly, uh, from, you know, what I've tried, attempted, career changes, you know, big, big, bold moves that I did over my life. So I've never seen it as anything but, huh, next birthday, how about that? Um, but I will say, I don't know where I got that perspective. So, you know, losing my friends, losing my parents, I recently lost my brother. I've never seen my age as kind of that tap on the shoulder about my own mortality. I've just seen it as a thing, you know, one more time to celebrate another, you know, trip around the sun. So that, you know, it's kind of weird because I know a lot of people have always told me, well, just wait until you hit. I, I'm still waiting. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love it. That reminds me every morning, uh, every morning since March 19th or 17th, whatever day it was, 2020, when we were told to go home and stay there, yeah. I have danced in the kitchen to happy. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't, you know, don't bother me. I'm sorry, but I'm happy. And I just, <laughs> that, <sounds> like, <laughs> that just sounds like what you're saying. Yes. I love it. Have you noticed any uh, difference in when you look in the mirror with your birthday suit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. As I said, I'm always surprised. Um, you know, I'm always surprised now, not only just in the visual changes, you know, and the things like different places that are not necessarily in the place they used to be or not having that muscle tone that I used to have. And when I get out in the bed in the morning, it's kind of, it's a little bit different. Like, huh, that didn't hurt yesterday. But, you know, then I go and I lay on my yoga mat and I do lots of stretches. That's when I pray for people that I'm concerned about and just, you know, in general. But, you know, again, those are the things, it's like those taps on the shoulder that I think, huh, no kidding. So I have seen changes, absolutely. And I just embrace them and say, hey, you worked hard to get those laugh lines. You worked hard to, and as I said, I've never let that hold me back in any way. So, yeah, would I like to not ache as much in the morning? Absolutely, you know, but I'm working on that, you know, I... I tell people all the time I'm a work in progress, right? This temple that has to last me till I'm a hundred plus, uh, you gotta keep it, you gotta stay on top of it. Yeah, I think um when I ask women that question, um a huge percentage of women talk about, yeah, I can physically, I mean, you know, there's I can see a difference and I can feel a difference. And other than that, no. You know, so um any moment, I think our society will catch up with us. That yes. we don't feel the way you think we should. Honestly, yes. we don't feel that way. And honestly, oh. yeah, honestly, yeah. as women, don't you believe we have a lot of ways to, as I say, hide a lot of evil? You know, makeup and the way we dress and the way in you know, all those things. Uh, other than I'll never do plastic surgery, I'll never do Botox, I'll never do all those things. But there's a lot of other ways I can look healthy, be healthy, drink lots of water, that kind of thing. Absolutely. And I love your um, talking about 
this is a temple and it's got to, it's got to take me to a hundred plus. Yes. So, yep. <laughs> well, you, um, work with women in transition and you certainly have had your share of it. So, <laughs> yes. How, what's, what do you think you've learned from all the transitions you've made that is helping you talk to women post career, particularly? about transition yeah yeah uh, well i will tell you that i got into this work or should i say this work found me i'm always asked about that so how did you end up doing the work that you're doing you know an intentional life working with women and as i like to say this work chose me so you know there are there and today there are millions of women baby boomer women that are trying to decide about, quote unquote, leaving the big job. And if they did that, what would that look like? Okay, who would they be? Would they be, you know, who would they be without that business card? Would they be letting themselves down, women down, after they've worked so hard to get to that place? And so I was one of those women, except my decision to enter this phase of my life, i.e. post-career, never used the term retirement was made for me by my husband's heart. Um, and so, and thank goodness uh, he's still with me so I can talk about, you know, the story and how it happened. But after one too many emergency room visits and one too many heart-to-heart conversations with myself in, in hospital bathroom mirrors, I realized that I needed to make a significant change, right? I was given this gift every time of bringing him home and every time we went to the ER, I never knew if that was going to be the case. So that last conversation, never forget about it. It was during a blizzard. Uh, he had had a major event and I was by myself in this waiting room. And, you know, I just said, that's it. That's enough. I'm done. So I won't go into all the details about the program that I found for my own what's next, my own post-career life. But suffice it to say that I, I thought, you know what, there's a lot of women out there like me with the same struggles, either they're being kind of forced into this space of their life, or maybe they're already living it, and it's not at all what they expected. And so that's how an, an intentional life came to be, because of my own personal experience. Trust me, it wasn't easy. I went through just <laughs> incredible times of who would I be without my business card when everybody else is working? What will I be doing? You know, um, how will I use my skills and talent? I mean, the list goes on and on. But like me, the women that I work with coach are kind of facing that same space in their lives, that same transition, which is a significant transition. And so what I do is I work with them. You know, they've given 40 plus hours uh, with their employer. They've given 40 plus hours then at home as you know, mothers, daughters, spouses, whatever, they're exhausted. They want to come off the merry-go-round and figure out and put themselves first, which is a very rare thing. And that's kind of where I come in with the work that I do. So yes, you're right. This work and my practice came out of significant personal experience. Um, and I'd like to say that everything that I suggest work with one woman on, I do all the time myself. So it, it comes from, I, I like to say a good place, but a very personal space. Right. Yeah, I think that um, uh, I, I went through that 
that career transition thing that you you describe, and it's terrifying. And um, you know, when I talk to women who are contemplating it, I don't I don't try to make that less because it is. Um, you know, when I was making that transition, I thought I had been taking care of my entire life. My parents took care of me. I went to college. That took care of me. I went to graduate school. That took care of me. I started teaching. They took care of me. Then I went to Pfizer and worked for many years. They took care of me. And now I'm going to go out on my own? you got to be kidding me. (laughs) And it is scary. And it sounds so trite, but it was really true that the only thing that was scarier was staying. Yes. Yes. I mean, that sounds so... You just hear people say that all the time, but for me, it was really true. And so I understand that kind of transition, and I understand how women can feel at that point, and it is um, not pleasant. No, it isn't. It really isn't. And and honestly, we have no other, we don't have role models to, for how to do this. We just don't, you know, and, and so, but I always like to say, you know, this is actually a pretty amazing time of history to be a part of because we have the golden opportunity to design this post-career life and for many generations to come to finally have a role models to say hey look at how what you can do and isn't this exciting so not to be viewed as something to be scared about you know or what am I going to do you know I'm going to grow old and die but as a really exciting time um, you know, for anyone to come, you know, in generations to come. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. So I think, I mean, the, the word means a lot, but I would and I'd like to know what does living an intentional life mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think simply put, it's always first um, examining and living your why. And, you know, what, what is important to you? How do you see yourself? How do you envision yourself? You know, what, what makes you sing every morning? You know, uh, what makes you jump out of bed excited about the day? What are those things you don't want to do? So it's about really taking the time to sit back, reflect, and figure out what this why looks like. And part of that then becomes then being very mindful to design not let it happen by default, to really think about what your aim is, what you're trying to do, designing that lifestyle. And as importantly, is having a plan, taking action. You know, don't let it be up here in your head, but put it on paper, look at it every day, create vision boards, however you want to be reminded, but it becomes very intentional what your aim is and what that lifestyle is going to do and how you're going to get there. I mean, what is the plan? You know, the, that little step, you know, from A to B, what are all the steps in between? So many of us, apparently not enough of us, but many of us make a financial retirement plan. Yes. Um, how is How is this similar and different from a financial retirement plan? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've, I've always said, Sarah, that I believe that retirement planning is done backwards, right? All of us have that question, how much do I need? How much? How much? In fact, in my bookcase, I have a book, what is my number, right? I, that's kind of, and if you Google uh, retirement, 
It's all about the money. The reality is that retirement traditionally for the last 50 years has been about replacing our employment income to meet future expenses, right? Simply put, that's that's really what it's about. However, if you don't know what those future expenses are going to be, or if you don't have idea any idea what you would like them to be, how do you know what you're funding? So I always like to say that the reality is that Simply put, whereas a financial advisor will help you to find out how much you need, I help you figure out what you need it for. And it also, the, what, what the beauty of these plans are is um, it's, and so many people, so many women that I talk with, they're scared to death to retire because they're saying all the time, I can't retire. What would I do? Right. What would I do? And so part of this is, is that a non-financial retirement plan offers us the opportunity to put some structure around this thing called time. And so that's kind of where the planning gets into. That's what you're focusing on. And then ideally, you're doing this kind of plan on an annual basis so that when you're doing the financial review with your advisor, you can share with them, hey, here's what I intend to do the next 12 months. So help me get there. What's it going to look like? So it, it's, it is a very distinctly different approach to planning than what we've all been raised on, right? Because everybody tells me, oh, my advisor says I'll be fine. I'm going to go ahead and retire. There's so much I want to do. I talk to them about a year or two later and they've hit the wall, as I like to say. I have about three questions, and I don't know. I don't know which one to ask you first. Um, I come in contact with more and more women who don't actually want to retire. Yes, <laughs> and I see that as a change because not even just when I was growing up, but when I was working in corporate, people sort of. Even people who loved what they were doing, they sort of lived for retirement. They knew how many years it would be before they could retire, even if they loved their job. They knew how many years it would be, maybe days, maybe months, maybe minutes, you know. And do you see a change in that? Yeah, absolutely. And and a very and honestly, a very exciting change. A very exciting change because all bets are off. You know, 65 and out is very old school. And the reality is that because of a lot of reasons, you know, financially um, or, or just personally, we're not ready to hang up the spurs, right? We're just not ready to. The great news is that today, and I hate that term 2.0, but the reality is that retirement 2.0 offers us so many different options that didn't exist before. There's serial retirees. There's part-time retirees. I mean, the list goes on and on about the options that are out there that did not exist. Um, and so it's so much fun to kind of think about and play with what might fit you personally. And I, I was talking to a woman recently and she described herself as a serial retiree. So I said, tell me about that. She said, well, I just finished up my third career. I retired from it. And now I'm considering this. And I thought, you know what? 
And she's, I think she's close to 80. And I was like, absolutely. You know what? All bets are off. Nobody's going to tell us when to leave. You know, I mean, well, some, some places. <laughs> but the reality is that there's so many different options and, and we can use and learn our, you know, um, use our own skills and talents, learn new things. And I, it's a wonderful time. I love that term, serial retirement. I think, I think that it's funny and it's uh, fun and it's um, exciting. Yes. What I wonder with it is, well, we come to the point when, when oftentimes we have a different word than retirement, whether it's part time or serial or anything else. It's, it's, it's not that nobody retires, but for the, for a lot of people, it's sort of a thing of the past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly, my hope is, my hope is that we will get to that point. I'm part of a, a retirement coaches association. It's a, a national as well as international group. And we're small but mighty uh, because the concept of retirement coaching, non-financial retirement planning coaching is a very new entity, very new. Uh, I have to explain it a lot in terms of what we do. And all of us in the in the field are always working, and I don't like to use the term uphill battle, but in some ways it is an uphill battle because one, to get people to understand that they need to think about the non-financial pieces of it. They need to think about what are the different options that are available to them retirement-wise. And so I use the term, and we all have different terms that we try to put out to the world. I use post-career. And, and again, but, but then if you're a serial retiree, you could have four careers, right? You, you can have as many careers as you want. So I have to come up with maybe post, I don't know, post full-time gig, I don't know. But the reality is that you're right. There is one, we're not there yet in terms of replacing that word. I'm hoping that in my lifetime that we will replace it and we'll come up with some really fabulous new words. Um, and I've heard of things like third act and in this stage, and I, I still like the post career, but I, I'm looking always to change that up as well. So I don't know if in my lifetime and your lifetime, if we will get to that point, but I certainly hope so. I hope so too, Autumn. And I am an incredibly optimistic person. Sometimes I annoy people, <laughs> um, but I don't think we will. Yeah, I, I think it's just too dug into our society at this point. Yes. Do you think to talk about having first career, second career, or serial retirement, however you want to talk about it, do you think that that is in any way related to your economic class? Huh. Well, that makes me pause for a minute. I, you know... Again, I guess because I really, uh, when I think about the women that I work with, all of them have been from the very beginning um, focused on a career. And so, and they've gone about doing what they needed to do. And when I say a career, it doesn't necessarily mean advanced degrees per se, but they have set about getting into a, a space where they could grow, learn, whether it be within their current organization or move to another organization, okay? 
depending on what they were attempting to do in their in their path. And so I don't I don't know if the I don't know if the term is luxury, but I don't know if the term having multiple careers is only available to those people who are of a certain class or of a certain income structure. Because I have also seen people who started, you know, at the lowest point in an, in an organization and have grown just by doing exactly what was needed, expanding, you know, their skill set, taking advantage of every learning opportunity that they could. I don't know if this idea of having multiple careers is only available and affordable to a certain population. I really, I, I'll have to give that some more thought because I really don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. And I haven't given enough thought yet either, but it just occurred to me while we were talking that it, I don't know if this is true, Autumn, I got to think about this, but it might, it might be the case that that option of thinking about it that way is not available to everybody because of resources. Yes. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I need to think about it, but that did occur to me. Yeah. So tell me of all the things you're doing, what are some of the most meaningful things to you right now? Well, I, I, certainly the work that I do um, and my passion about it. Um, and so, and again, driven by firsthand experience um, and the opportunity to uh, share with other women like myself on that they can do this as well. So I think that's certainly key to what makes me excited about getting up in the morning. Um, the uh, I think the other part of it is, you know, when I have been given the gift, as I mentioned early in our conversation about bringing my husband home, my on uh, my marriage and our partnership is something and I, we and I, both of us, we're continually on. Uh, we realize, you know, every time my husband would have an event, I would, when I finally could get to see him, I would always say to him, we've been given a gift. And so I never forget that. Um, I'm probably more mindful of it than he is. He lives with it every day. But I'm more mindful of the gift that that we have every single time we have one of those major life altering events. And it just doesn't happen at the event. It's weeks and months after. Um, but it's it's so our marriage is is always I'm looking at it, always working on it. And I'm really proud of where we've come from and how we've grown and evolved um, over the years together. So. I think those are the two things that offered me the most satisfaction. Certainly, you know, volunteering, that kind of thing. But I think those two things are what, as my mom used to say, as long as you can look at yourself in the mirror every day and put your head down on the pillow every night, knowing you've done your best, that's all anybody can ever ask. Yep. I know those two things. I sleep very well. So I, I think that's kind of what, to me, that's the most important things right now in my life. That's lovely. Yeah. One of the things I get asked frequently, and um, I suspect you do too, is why do you only work with women? These are issues that also affect men. Why? 
And when I'm being a smart aleck, I say, if it's a man asking me, I say, well, you sound really interested. Why don't you start it? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But are you asked that? Always. Push back, push back, push back. Uh, And, you know, like you, I always have a smart answer. And I say, because it's my practice and I can work with who I want to. Um, But the reality is, I mean, again, remember, driven from personal experience. Okay, so a part of it is in my figuring out, in my trying to decide who it was I wanted to work with, how I would work with them, developing the model and all that, the significance of the way women's retirement is compared to men, okay? Significant differences. I didn't realize how many differences there were until I got knee deep into it. You know, we, first of all, we live four to seven years longer. That's that's just our we live if 80 to 90 percent chance. That's a significant number that we will be solo agers because of divorce or widowhood, right? Or being single by choice. We we make certainly still can't believe it in 2023, 80 cents on the dollar of what a man works. Don't even get me started. That's a whole nother, a whole nother that conversation. That is a whole nother conversation, <laughs> which we will and, not have today. Right, exactly. And the key too is that on average, because we are caregivers, right? We are the primary caregivers. We spend, and this is another number that always made me stop for a minute. We spend on average 12 years out of the workforce caring for others. So imagine the impact on social security and investments and then and all the factors that I've just mentioned. So our retirement and our approach to retirement and where we are in terms of our financial abilities to retire is so very different than a man. And I knew that again, when I said, we're used to working 40 plus hours out there for our employers, we come home, all the different roles we play at home. We have no time, we're exhausted. And so that's kind of what drove me to, I want to continue, I want to work with women because, you know, that they need more assistance. Men need assistance too. I'm not downplaying that at all. And there's a lot of coaches out there that work with both men and women, couples, you name it, um, in the retirement space. I just happen not to be one of them. Yep. Me too. Me too. Yep. So... When you leave this earth, which is not anytime soon, we got at least 40 years, (laughs) what do you think your legacy will be and what do you hope it is? Uh, And again, this is a, I always say to people, I'm a work in progress. So I only have really two, I guess, main life missions that I hope will be talked about uh, and there'll people be still people around to talk about it. But I want, I want to be able to be described as someone who lived each moment well. That's one legacy I'd like to have. And the other part of the legacy is I would like to have said about me that I left each person I met a little better off. And if I achieve those two things, I will have achieved what I was put on this solid earth to do. I, and again, 
I am constantly working on that. It, it's not easy. Trust me. When I tell you about, I'm always living out here, not here, right? I don't necessarily spend the time I want to with the people that I love the most to, to give them my undivided attention, you know? So I'm constantly saying, oh, I need to be more mindful of that. I need to be, you know, more respectful of that. I need to enhance those relationships. So those are the two things that I'd really love to hear. I mean, I'm not going to be around to hear it, but, you know, who knows? But um, I, I, I hope that that's what I achieve because then I will know exactly that was the right thing to do. You are doing so much already. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but when you think about the next 40 years, yeah, what? is next? I mean, is there anything that is in that little dream bag that hasn't started yet? Um, well, it's funny because I always tell people I have the attention span of a gnat. So I, I'm always, and I'm intensely curious. And so, so many times, um, you know, it's funny when, when before I got into this work and I was thinking about or I was thinking about making the decision to leave the workforce, the full time world. Um, I sat down and I wrote out uh, a list of things that over the years, five years prior to I said, huh, interesting, want to learn more and was then followed up, up, but I don't have time. And so literally I came up with five pages of things that I was intensely curious about, right? So I was just, I just found them. So I journal every day and I just found them in an old journal. And I was like, huh, hey, I did this. I did, you know, so I was kind of going off, like checking off, like I did these things, but there's so much more left in that list. And I'm in, I'm always finding new things. So to answer your question, I'm hoping that I will continue to do this work for as long as I can string sentences together and then it makes sense for women to work with me. But I also have other things that, you know, periodically, like I love to speak. And so um, I'm hoping to spend more time in the future speaking. I'm, I'm right in the midst right now of designing and almost done developing an online series for women uh, and that I hope to do on a quarterly basis starting in 2024. So I'm constantly looking at my model uh, of coaching and seeing how I can tweak it. So I think that's where some of my what's next is coming from is, you know, how will things change? How do I make it change so that I continue to be like intrigued by and again, able to offer something of value, maybe in a different way. It's interesting that, that, um, I think it I think it's good. I don't I don't follow this all the time by any means, but I think it's good to actually write things down that are things that we would like to do or you know whatever we would like to have next or whatever. I think it's good to write it down even if we forget about the list. Right. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. um because there's something to writing it down. Yes. Um I think that helps bring it about. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going, I've said that so many times. I'm going to try to do that again, because I think that's important to do. Oh, this has been so good, Autumn. I have loved our time together. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, which I suspect they will, how can they do that? 
So a few different ways at this point. Um, so or certainly on social media, um, Facebook and also on, on LinkedIn. Uh, it is under Nancy Autumn in quotation marks Nestler. So you'll find my pages where I post usually five days a week, been a little bit off my posting schedule for a variety of personal uh, reasons, but um, certainly that way. They can always, um, and also I love to hear people's comments about what I post. I have an email list that if they want to receive more articles, newsletters, guides, you know, they can certainly respond to my post or email me at autumnatdesignretirement.org uh, is certainly a way to do that. And then with this series that I'm developing, I will be offering some free public workshops to explain what it is that you know they can expect uh, from from the series, and so that again, if they reach out to me, I'll make sure that they're made aware of those things. Okay, so it's um, uh, she can be found on <clears throat> social media by Nancy Quotation Monks Autumn as the right. season, right? Um, Nestler N E S S L E R, correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. That's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Autumn Nestler. This has been a lovely time together. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.